Chapter thirty four of Clinical Medicine for Nurses by Paul H. Ringer, A.B. M.D. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter thirty four Immunity. Immunity is defined as exemption from disease, or that condition of the body which enables it to resist infection. Immunity and infection, though opposites, are so intertwined that mention cannot be made of one without reference to the other. Immunity can be classified as follows. 1. Natural immunity. Thus, the human race is naturally immune to chicken cholera, and animals are naturally immune to measles. 2. Acquired immunity. Thus, one attack of typhoid fever usually renders an individual immune to that disease. A certain amount of immunity may be acquired toward a particular disease by its frequent occurrence. When syphilis first appeared among Europeans, its ravages were frightful, but within fifty years, as a result of the countless number of cases that appeared, individuals developed a relative immunity to the disease, and as a result its manifestations were not as terrible. When an individual is attacked by an infection, the defensive resources, or immunizing forces, of the body are called upon to do their part in repelling the invader. The stronghold of the defensive resources of the body is the blood. Certain cells of the blood play an active part in resisting infection, and many substances present in the blood serum play their part in safeguarding the organism. Phagocytosis. By this is meant the power of the white blood cells to ingest, kill, and digest bacteria. Eli Mechnikoff of Paris is the man to whom science owes an unpayable debt for his labor in demonstrating the act and consequences of phagocytosis. It is known that the leukocytes are capable of motion by projecting a portion of their body in the shape of a long, finger-like process. The rest of the body of the leukocyte is then drawn up to the finger-like projection, and thus the leukocyte moves. This is known as amoeboid movement. When an infection exists, leukocytes at once come to the battleground, and a struggle ensues between them, on the one hand, and the bacteria on the other. The leukocytes, by their power of amoeboid movement, surround one or more bacteria, engulf them, and digest them. This can be observed under the microscope, the bacteria being seen to be engulfed, to grow less and less distinct within the body of the leukocyte, and, finally, to become wholly invisible. If the infection is not of excessive virulence, and if the leukocytes are healthy and plentiful, the body wins the fight against the bacteria, and recovery ensues. This is why it is always a good sign in an acute infection, such as lobar pneumonia or appendicitis, to have the blood show a high leukocyte count. If, however, the infection is very virulent, and the body defenses inadequate, no leukocytosis results, and death ensues. Mechnikoff has shown that acquired immunity is largely due to stimulated 
phagocytosis. This is true whether the immunity is due to one attack of the disease or to vaccination. A rabbit which has been artificially immunized to anthrax shows a more marked phagocytosis on inoculation with a virulent culture than does a rabbit that has not been artificially immunized. In the blood serum are found many substances that play a role in the production of immunity. Among these may be mentioned 1. Precipitins 2. Agglutinins substances that cause bacteria to clump and upon whose presence is based the vital reaction so valuable in the diagnosis of typhoid fever two opsonins substances that as it were prepare and make ready bacteria so that they can more readily be engulfed by the leukocytes in the process of phagocytosis the theories of the mechanism of immunity are extremely complex, and no attempt will be made to describe them here. Paul Ehrlich of Berlin has elaborated the chief among them, his famous side-chain theory of immunity, which in brief is as follows. A cell possesses normally certain defensive forces or receptors, which will unite with a certain amount of toxin and neutralize it, thus protecting the cell. When a cell is threatened with attack by a toxin, it is stimulated to the production of other receptors, or side chains, and immunity comes about when there is such an overproduction of these side chains that there are more than enough to neutralize every bit of toxin that is attacking. Acquired immunity may be 1. Active 2. Passive in specific treatment of various infections, it is sought in some cases to produce an active immunity, in others a passive immunity. By an active immunity is meant that the body, stimulated by the infecting bacteria or by the injection of those same bacteria killed, i.e. a vaccine, manufactures its own resisting forces, brings up its own reserves, and actively fights its own battle. Vaccination against typhoid fever is a good example of the production of an active immunity, for, as a result of the injection of a certain number of killed typhoid bacilli, the body is stimulated to such an overproduction of receptors for typhoid toxin that it can resist infection with live typhoid bacilli and not become ill with the disease. By passive immunity is meant that, the body is supplied from outside with its means of defense ready to use and requiring no effort at all on the part of the individual the best example of the production of a passive immunity is to be found in the antitoxin treatment of diphtheria here a certain amount of antitoxin secured from another artificially immunized animal the horse is injected and at once is able to neutralize the diphtheria toxin circulating in the patient's blood this neutralization goes on with no effort whatsoever on the part of the patient whose role is merely passive this form of immunity can be used with success only in those diseases that are purely toxic 
i.e., in which the infecting bacteria themselves do practically no harm, but only the poisons liberated by those bacteria. Hence, the use of antitoxic sera, while giving brilliant results in purely toxic diseases such as diphtheria and tetanus, have unfortunately but a very limited range of application. To quote Vaughan, quote, now we have the great problem of infection and immunity fairly before us. It is a contest between bacteria and body cells, and they are armed with similar weapons. The bacterial cells have their enzymes, poisons, and toxins. The body cells have their enzymes, bactericidal, bacteriolytic agents, opsonins, and phagocytes. The phagocytes constitute the mobile army of defense, and the fixed cells elaborate destructive weapons. Which of these bears the brunt of the defense depends upon the armament of the invader. Unquote. If the invasion is mainly bacterial in its nature, the leukocytes are called upon to play the principal part in winning the victory. If the invasion is mainly toxic, the tissue cells have to bear the brunt of the defense. If the invasion is both bacterial and toxic, all the arms of the service play an equally important part in saving the body from destruction. End of chapter 34